Good morning, everybody. Welcome to Great Commission Community Church. It's so good to be here. We made it through the storm, um, and you're here on Sunday morning. Um, so welcome. We are so glad you're here. Uh, every Sunday here at Great Commission Community Church, we come together to tell the story of Christ, to encounter his Holy Spirit, and to be formed like Christ together. Our call to worship comes from the Bible, from the third chapter of the Book of Lamentations, which says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, says my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. Uh, let me pray for us. Father God, our hope is in you. Your steadfast love never ceases, and your mercies are new every morning. We thank you for salvation that comes through the forgiveness of sins. We come together this morning as a community, as a church, to be formed together like Christ, to remind ourselves that our identity is in Christ. We thank you, God, for your blessings to our community. We thank you that we belong to you. We are here for you this morning, and we praise you. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. As you are able, please stand as we sing.
You are love. 
We pour out our praise, indeed, uh, the Holy Spirit is here with us, and we can honestly and truthfully share the peace of Christ with each other. So um, as you find your seat, I encourage you to turn to someone and say, uh, the peace of Christ with you, and introduce yourself too, if you don't know each other. So again, welcome. We're so glad that you made it out today and that you're here um, worshiping with us. If this is your first time or one of your first times, hopefully you met someone on the way in, um, but we'd love to get to know you a little bit better, answer any questions you have. So um, feel free to shoot us an email um, at the email on the screen. And of course, you can also just come up to anybody who is out front um, or up here. Um, again, we'd love to get to know you better. Um, a reminder that every Tuesday in the evenings, we have um, a prayer meeting online. It's over Zoom, so you can do it from the comfort of your home every Tuesday night at 8 o'clock. Um, so the link is on our website under GCCC Online. We encourage you to join. Um, you don't have to have your screen on. You don't have to unmute. Um, of course, we encourage you if you want to, but you don't have to. Um, it's just a good time to gather with um, church folks and just pray. 
Um, we are excited that um, with the sort of start of the new ministry year and academic year, our small groups have just started. Hopefully you've had a chance to go online and join one. Um, but if you haven't, that's okay. There are still some spots left um, for a couple of the different groups. Um, if you can't join the group that you prefer to, if that one's already full, we encourage you to sign up for a wait list, um, which should be available there like, as one of the options. Um, some of those groups that are already full might have a little bit of movement um, as their members sort of figure out what works for them. Um, so some spots might open up. Um, we would also love to be able to launch a few more groups in the near future. So again, if we know who's on the wait list, that will help us figure that out. Um, and if you're feeling like, oh, actually, I want to lead a small group, that is still an option. So we welcome your interest. Um, you can reach out to Pastor Jonathan if you have any questions about small group, um, and his email is on the website. Um, coming up in two weeks on Saturday, October 7th, there's going to be um, a parenting sort of panel workshop kind of thing. Um, named Fruitful Parenting, um, and this one is specifically talking about margins. So please join us for a parenting panel where we explore how we can experience more fruitful parenting. Um, we will hear from people who have spent time wrestling with this topic themselves and also explore what Jesus says about this topic in his word. Um, so topics covered will include how to have healthy margins, what are warning signs to look out for regarding margins, and how to create, create space in your life and your child's life where there's time and space for God to bear fruit. Um, I think this is so apt for um, folks here who live in the DMV um, where it's pretty high power, pretty busy, um, and again, looking at how can we create margins for ourselves and our children. Um, so the panel will be taking place at Arlington Community Church at 10 a.m. on Saturday the 7th. Um, child care will not be available, so please find a babysitter, but there will be coffee and snacks. Um, and you are also very welcome to invite friends, neighbors, relatives um, for whom this panel might be of interest as well. Um, and you can sign up online. The following day, October 8th, Sunday, so that's in two weeks, um, is the deadline to apply, express interest for our missions trip to Central Asia. Um, so we are excited to be taking a team there to support our partners and the work that is happening in Central Asia. That trip is happening in early March, March 2nd to 9th. So if you would like to come on the trip, um, please submit your application by October 8th. Again, that's in two weeks. Um, you can submit it online, and if you have any questions about the trip, about the partners, about the work, um, please reach out to Pastor Jonathan. Um, lastly, um, I'm going to pray for our offering, which we collect online, um, so please pray with me. Father God, our hope and our salvation, we thank you and praise you um, with our words, with our songs, with our being here together. Um, and also our offering. God, we know um, we are nothing and we have nothing without you. So um, would you give us joyful and generous hearts um, as we lift up our offering to you? We pray that you would multiply it and bless it. We pray you would use it to bless those uh, in Pentagon City and the DMV and to the far reaches, um, including to, all the way to Central Asia. Um, we pray, God, that others would come to know of your great love, the peace that you bring and the assurance and rest that we have in you um, and that others can experience the same thing. Um, 
God, we thank you for blessing us far beyond what we need or deserve. And again, we just lift up this offering to you. We pray this in your son Jesus' name. Amen. Hello. Oh, okay. Um, good morning. So good to be here with you today. Uh, if you um, are new or I'm new to you, I, uh, um, I'm usually at Tyson's, uh, our other side, but it's good to be here. Those of you I, I've known for a while, it's good to reconnect today. Um, yeah, just thankful uh, that we can worship together. Uh, we've been going through Genesis 1 to 12, so if you have your Bibles or devices with you, um, please turn with me to Genesis 1. Now we'll look at Genesis 1 one more time. This is, I think, our third week of looking at Genesis 1. The first two Sundays, we looked at um, God, God the person, God in Trinity. And today, we'll look at God's creation, uh, so Genesis 1. Um, and we're calling this uh, sermon series in the fall, um, Biblical Worldview. Um, and uh, it's because we want to provide or be informed by Scripture, right? As we look at the world, as we make decisions in life, that it's informed by what Scripture says. And out of, I think, all the places in the Bible, Genesis 1 through 12, 1 through 3, the first few chapters, I think are important because they tell us how everything started, right? They tell us about who God is. And so we looked at how God is a personal God who speaks to us. And then last Sunday, we looked at our God who is, in, who is a triune God, right? There is a, a relationship within the Godhead. And so I think those things are important because they become foundational blocks in our Christian life as we make decisions, as we navigate through life. Um, a few weeks ago, I was talking with my father, who is 82. <laughs> 82. So I was talking with him, and he was uh, telling me that um, this coming summer, summer of 2024, he's thinking about going to Korea. And so I said, okay, well, that sounds great. I want to be supportive, and, you know, what do you need? Do you need anything from us? And then he told me that he's going to, he wants to go to Korea so that he can take care of his father's gravesite. See, he was saying that last time he visited Korea, his father's gravesite was like a mess. And so, you know, he, he said, you know, I, I feel like I should go back and kind of, you know, rearrange things and make, make sure that things are right. Now, here's the thing. Uh, my grandfather, my dad's dad, has been deceased for 67 years. Um, so my father's father passed away when my father was 15. Um, and so, like, I did not, like, immediately know, like, why he would want to spend thousands of dollars, go, go to Korea, and to take care of, like, this gravesite. Well, it's his worldview. It's because he grew up in a culture where they valued and, um, uh, I don't know, just even maybe even worshipped in some sense. Um, their parents and honored their parents even though they had passed away. And so that's the world, like, that's the world that he grew up in. And so even at age 50, uh, 82, even though his parent, his dad was, had been passed, uh, deceased for what, over 60 years, he still felt the obligation to be a good son. And even though I don't understand that, well, he's making that decision because that's part of his worldview. Now, I don't know if you guys know this or not, but that's how we make our decisions in life. Like what kind of job we get, you know, who we marry, uh, where we're going to live. I mean, all those things are informed by like how we perceive the world. And that's why 
looking at scripture, especially the beginnings of the Bible, is important because we want to make sure that we are assessing our situation and this world correctly through scripture. And so once again, we'll look at Genesis uh, chapter 1. Um, it's a long, lengthy passage. And I know Pastor Carl um, read a significant portion of the past two Sundays. I'm going to read the beginning portion, verses 1 and 2, and then I'm going to skip down to verse 14, uh, and then we'll cover, um, read to the end of the chapter. So Genesis chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was without form and void, and darkness was over the face of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the face of the waters. If you jump down to verse 14, this is day 4. And God said, let there be lights in the expanse of the heavens to separate the day from the night, and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the heavens to give light upon the earth. And it was so. And God made, the two, God made the two great lights, the greater light to rule the day and the lesser light to rule the night and the stars. And God set them in the expanse of the heavens to give light to the earth, on the earth to rule over the day and over the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good and there was evening, there was morning the fourth day. And God said, let the water swarm and swarms of living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the heavens. So God created the great sea creatures, every living creature that moves with which the waters swarm according to their kind. And every, every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good and God blessed them saying, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth in the sea, uh, fill, the, fill the waters in the sea and let the birds multiply on the earth. And there was evening, there was morning, the fifth day. And God said, let the earth bring forth living creatures according to their kinds, livestock and creeping things and beasts of the earth according to their kinds. And it was so, and God made beasts of the earth according to their kinds and livestock according to their kinds and everything that creeps on the ground according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. And God said, let us make man in our image after our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the heavens, and over livestock, and over all the earth, and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. And God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply, and fill the earth, and subdue, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over, over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And every beast of the earth, and to every birds of the heaven, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has been had its breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw that everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. Amen. I will pause there. So three things about God's creation, right? Number one, the orientation of God's creation, meaning like the direction of God's creation, the goodness of God's creation, and the abundance of God's creation. Number one, the orientation of God's creation. So I think Pastor Carl talked about this two Sundays ago, but I think this is important. The whole scripture, the creation account starts with God, right? God was in the beginning. In the beginning, God. 
God created the heavens and the earth, meaning He created everything, right? He is the only creator. Before anything existed, before time, before space, before matter, anything existed, God was there. So God, and that's significant because if He was there, and if He's the only creator of the universe, then He, he rules. He's the owner. Like he, he, uh, he's in charge. Um, I, was, I usually try to visit our gas garden class before our time here, and usually they make, our kids make crafts, right? And parents, I think, I think that's what they do, right? They have lessons and they have crafts um, to illustrate the lessons that they're learning. And usually what happens is they, they make something and then they bring it to their parents, right? They go, mom and dad, look what I made. Now, when they say that, like, they now can do whatever they want with what they've made, right? They can throw it away. Hopefully not. Maybe they can take it home, but maybe give it to their parents. Whatever they do, they know intuitively that this is theirs because they made it. Similarly, when Bible tells us that God created heavens and the earth, that just means that God is in charge. That God is the owner of all things. Now, at times, when we think about our world, right, we, we sometimes think about um, we divide things into things that are good and things that are bad, and which, is, which is okay to do, which is right. Or we think about uh, evil forces versus evil uh, or good forces. Or we think about God versus like, idols. And we, we try to divide things up that way. But I think fundamentally, if we were to divide everything in the universe, it just comes to God, the creator, and everything else, God creation, right? God is the only one who existed from the beginning. He's the only one who created everything. So on the one hand, on one category, we have God, the creator. And then the other category would have creation, everything that was created. And so here's what that means then. That means that fundamentally, our orientation in life is praise and thanksgiving. As Christians, we often talk about, it's God's grace that I am saved, that I have new life in Christ, which is true. Yes, amen, right? We have been saved uh, by grace through faith. Yes, amen. But it's as, as much true, true in that the life that we have, the breath in our lungs is by grace. We live, we exist, we move, we, we eat, we play, we enjoy things, we, we play instruments, we worship. Everything is there because of God. Um, listen to what Paul says in Acts 17. Most of you might, most of you would know this verse, but Acts 17, verse 24, it says, God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, does not live in temple, temples made by man, nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath, and everything. So what that means is we are sitting here right now. Our hearts are pumping. There's breath in our lungs because of God, God's grace. So what that, what that means practically is we ought to be worshiping God daily. <laughs> we, like that's our disposition. That's our orientation that we are giving thanks to Him. We are praising God. This summer we went through the book of Psalms. And that's, that's what essentially what the book of Psalms is about, right? The whole psalm, like 150 psalms, it ends with five psalms that talks about praising the Lord, right? It's, it's, uh, the, the phrase hallelujah is repeated multiple times 
uh, in Psalm 146 to one, Psalm 150. The last Psalm has hallelujah repeated 13 times. All, all, that, all that the Psalm, book of Psalms is saying is, in midst of all the turmoil and lamenting and grieving and sorrow, it will end with praise the Lord. That's our call. Maybe we could say that's our main duty as human beings to recognize that we have been created by a creator and we are here to praise, declare hallelujah to one another. Psalm 48 says this, and I, I'm not going to read the whole psalm, but the Psalm 48, the psalmist calls all the living creatures to praise God. His angels, sun, moon, stars, heavens, water, sea creatures, lightning, hail, snow, clouds, winds, mountains, hills, trees, wild animals, cattle, small creatures, flying birds, okay. kings, nations, rulers, young men, young women, old men, children. He, the psalmist says, all creatures, all of his creatures are to praise the Lord for his name alone is exalted. Like that's our duty. That's, that's our disposition. No matter what might be happening in our life, like that's, that's who we are. We give thanks to God. Now, some of you might be saying, well, I don't feel like it often. And that's okay. You know, it's okay. It's, I think the point is the disposition. It's not, we don't have our backs turned against God. It's our faces are towards God and our disposition is God. Thank you. Right? First uh, Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 17 says, Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is the will of God in, for you in Christ. In all circumstances. That might mean that we, at times, might not feel like worshiping God. But again, our disposition, our orientation as human beings is to give thanks. Is to say, God, thank you for life. Um, and I think that's why another, another reason why we need to gather here on Sundays. Because oftentimes, on our own, <laughs> it's hard to feel like giving thanks, right? It's like there's so, much, so many things that are happening. We read so much pain, and there's so much heartache. It's, it's hard. But when we gather together as God's people, we sing about the grace of God. We sing about the breath in our lungs, that, that we can worship, that we take communion together, we read scripture, we pray. It's, we're reminding one another, let's praise the Lord. Right? That's what hallelujah means. Right? Praise the Lord. It's not, we're not saying praise the Lord this way. We're saying praise the Lord horizontally. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. You praise the Lord. I will praise the Lord. You praise the Lord. We together will praise the Lord. That's why gathering like this as God's people is important because we then can live out our ultimate duty, our ultimate responsibility as God's creation. Right, so number one, our orientation is praise, give thanks. So before we go to number two, I'm going to give us 10 seconds. Just in the quietness of your heart, just whisper to God, say, thank you, God. And you can say, thank you, God, for Brent. You can say, thank you, God, for Pastor Carl. Thank you, God, for GCCC. Thank you, God, for this wonderful day. Thank you, God, that commanders are 2-0. and I don't know, whatever you want to thank God for, like, 10 seconds, okay? Just in your heart, whisper to God, thank you, God, when? Number two, um, there's 
uh, we'll talk about the goodness of God's creation. So, you know, if you read this chapter, um, it's the, the phrase that says, and God saw that it was good, is repeated multiple times, right? God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. God saw that it was good. And at the end of the chapter, it says God saw that it was very good, right? And so it's, it's a declaration. God says, this is good. My creation is good. Now, why is that important and why is that repeated so often? It's because God's, the goodness of God's creation is pointing to the goodness of God. See, like when we create something, it, it's an expression of our, like, who we are, isn't it? So those of you who, who cook, right, you, as you prepare meals, I mean, it's, it's an expression of who you are. Those of you who sing, it's an expression of who you are. Those of you who, who write, it's an expression of who you are. Uh, those of you who play instruments, it's an expression of who you are. And so when God created the universe and he says he saw it and it was good, it's telling us that, that we can know and sense the goodness of God because of the creation. I mean, there are multiple, multiple passages like this, but Psalm 19 says, the heavens declare the glory of God and the sky above proclaims his handiwork. Again and again, we say, the creation is beautiful. It is good because it reflects the goodness and the beauty of God. And so those of you who um, travel and you see uh, nature and God's creation, and I, I would imagine that at times you just, you just you're um, awed by, by like the beauty that you see, right? whether it's the, the mountains or the oceans or uh, the stars. You, like it, at times we pause and say, this is beautiful. And all that, all we're doing is, this is beautiful because God is beautiful. This, the creation is created by God. And this is good because it reflects who God is. Now, in this chapter, um, I think his goodness, his creative uh, goodness is, is, I think, like displayed in two ways. And so, uh, I think Pastor Carl talked about this two Sundays ago, but I think this is worthwhile repeating. And so, um, his goodness is displayed, in particularly in two ways. One, there is a sense of order, right? There's, um, God creates order, and then there is a sense of beauty. And so, look with me at verse 1 one more time, verse 1 and 2. Verse 1 says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So, that's a summary statement, right? This is what God did. God created the heavens and the earth. And then verse 2, I think it's kind of helping us to see the problem. So verse 2 says, the earth was without form, formless. There was no order. There's no structure. And void, meaning like empty. It's like it was formless, nothing was there, and it was empty. And it's described by the darkness. Darkness was over the face of the deep. So it's, it's I don't know, like you could say universe. It had no form, no structure, no, no system. And then it was totally empty. It was completely black. That's, what, that's the problem. And so when God comes and begins to create, he solves these two problems. Days one through three, he basically creates spaces, like realms. Right? He, he divides the waters. He creates the sky. He creates the land. That's creating order, creating structure. Like he's placing these things in, spaces. And then verses four through six, 
days four through six, he's filling these spaces, right? So uh, he fills the, the skies with sun and stars and the moon. He fills the waters with, with creatures, uh, fills the sky with creatures, the land. So he's filling them. So he's solving these two problems that we see in verse two. Now, I think this is, I think this is why I want to point this out. Um, because we are made in the image of God, when we create, if we create, create well, I think we always do these two things. We provide order and we provide beauty. So think about our church service today. There's order. We need structure. We're creating space, right? This portion will sing. This portion will look at God's word. This portion will have communion. There's structure. There's order. And within the structure, we have creativity. We have beauty. We have people actually singing. We have actually, we actually take communion. It's, it's both order and beauty, order and creativity. Think about your company. If your company is running well, there's systems and there's creativity. Um, if your family life is going well, think about how you grew up in your, in your family life. There was order, some discipline, some structure, and there was freedom, creativity. Anything that functions well, that declares the goodness of God, it has order and creativity. Now, I want to say that because, um, because we are made in the image of God. I know we'll talk about sin and how that kind of corrupts, corrupts things, but because we human beings are made in the image of God, when we create, we create order and beauty. So this is what it means then. When we go drive on the Shenandoah and we see the mountains and foliage and the leaves, colors changing, we stand before all the mountains and say, God, this is beautiful. Like, wow, we worship you, we praise you. We do that. But secondly, we can drive around the city and we, we, can, we can look at like structures and um, even companies, can I say? And we could say, wow, this is beautiful. This is like efficient. You know why? Because it is actually people who've been made in the image of God creating things. We can still declare God praise. I love Amazon Prime. This is it's amazing. The best thing about Amazon Prime, I think it's like the return policy. Like you, literally, you could buy something and you don't like it and you could take it back within, literally like last, yesterday I did that, it took me 10 seconds. I returned the item, QR code, and he goes, thank you, bye. Right, bye. I love, I love that. And I think that's what we could, we could, I guess we could, you know, I don't know, thank Bezos or, you know, whoever. But ultimately, Human beings can create order and beauty because they reflect the God of, like, their creator. We create order and beauty in companies and technology and governments because we are made in his image. He created the order, the beauty, and we just follow. And so what that means is everywhere you go, we can see the beauty of God, the goodness of God. We can praise God in the cities. We can praise God in your companies. You can praise God in nature. You can praise God because the whole universe is filled with His presence. Like His finger, uh, fingerprints are all over the universe. And so we pause and say, God, you're so good. I hope, I hope that makes sense. And uh, in two Sundays, uh, Pastor Carl will talk about hu humanity and work. And so he'll explain it much better. All right, so just look forward to that. But that's who we are. So the goodness of God, it reflects God's, God's goodness. Lastly, 
briefly, uh, there's abundance of God's creation. So look with me one more time at verse 28, um, and just the last four verses there. Uh, it says, God blessed them, and God said to them, Be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth and every tree with the seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And every beast of the earth and to every bird of the heavens and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, there was morning, the sixth day. Um, so what we read in this section is the abundance of God's creation. God did not create um, the universe just so that it, it, it could sort of survive. No, there's this abundant, we, I mean, we get a sense of God created in abundance. God given us abundant things. He wants his creation to flourish. Now, again, we have Genesis 3, and sin comes in, and we'll talk about that. But his original intent is God wanted his creation to flourish. He gave us all of the trees, all of the fruit. Um, just, I mean, just think about these things. There are more than 8 million species in our, in our world. Human eyes can distinguish somewhere between 7 to 10 million colors. There are 300 billion stars in our Milky Way galaxy. And perhaps scientists say there are trillion or two trillion galaxies in our, in our universe. God's about abundance. He wants you to flourish. That was God's original intent. Uh, do you remember a few years ago when toilet paper uh, ran out and people were like, like uh, I don't know, like, Freaking out, I was reading something, I remember, and it was uh, talking about how people were getting arrested because they were stealing toilet papers from hotel rooms and public bathrooms and things like that. Um, that's funny. It's, it's crazy. That picture, that, that seemed like another lifetime ago, but it was only like three, four years ago, I think. Um, but here's the thing. Oftentimes, even God's people live this way because we have a, a scarcity mindset. We think that God doesn't want us to have, like, things. God's holding back, and we have to work really hard to accumulate just enough so that we can live. No, that's not what God has for us. That's not God's mindset. He wants to abundantly bless you. We don't have to live hurriedly. We don't have to, like, become a workaholic, become workaholics. We don't have to not learn how to rest, because God is a God who gives generously. And we live knowing that God will provide for our needs. We trust in God's goodness and His faithfulness, His loving kindness towards us. And what that does then is we can rest. We can enjoy God. We can enjoy one another. We can, we can give thanks. One of the reasons why I think we don't give thanks is we don't have the space to think about and meditate on the goodness of God, we're too busy and our life is too packed to even have a sense of God's goodness for us. The heart that's beating right now, it's, it's because of God. But we need time and space, space to reflect on that. So God 
is a gracious God. God's a generous God. He wants his creatures to flourish. Again, sin happened, but his original intent, this is his. This is the heart of God. I think maybe a good way for us to sort of close our time is to remember what Jesus said to his disciples. Jesus said in John 10, 10, the thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. But I came that you may have life and have it abundantly. God wants to give you, he wants to bless you. Uh, He's a generous God to the point where he gave his son, right? He gave himself so that you might have life. So we, friends, we can live differently in in midst of God's creation. We We can give thanks to God. We don't have to be anxious about what we don't have and try to accumulate as much as we can, but we can actually rest and enjoy God and what God's given to us. And we can share our resources with others. We can give things away because we know that God provides. He's a generous God. He's a, a God who wants to give abundantly. All right, let's, let's pray. Uh, and uh, I want to give us just a, a minute or a moment to uh, maybe reflect and pray. And then uh, Julie will come up and lead us into a uh, corporate time of prayer. And then afterwards, um, I'll lead us into a time of communion. So, but let's take a moment to just kind of reflect on uh, God's goodness and his uh, just graciousness to, to us. Psalm 146 says, Blessed is he whose help is the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord his God, who made heaven and earth, the sea and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. Church, we know that in our creator we have a good and beautiful hope. With that hope in who our creator is, we're going to enter a time of prayer together. And as I pray, I'm going to say a line from um, a different psalm, Psalm 121. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? And after I say that, I invite you to say, my help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Let's pray. Father God, we are humbled by your grandeur, your majesty, and your endless love. You created the universe, the earth, the sea, and every living creature, and you saw that it was good. You made us in your own image, in your own likeness, and you chose us to be caretakers of this good earth. You have guided and continue to guide us through good paths, paths that you call righteous. We thank you and we praise you for your abundant and good creation. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? 
help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Yet, God, we acknowledge we are fallen people. We live, we know that we do live in and are complicit in a broken world that is shot through with evil, with sin, with death, and with illness. God, we recognize our need for you. Forgive. We confess that we put our selfish ambition above ambitions for your sake and others' sake. We recognize our acts of disobedience and more than that, our state of disobedience. We ask for your forgiveness. And while we were sinners, you sent your son Jesus to die for our sins. God of grace, we thank you for that ultimate sacrifice, your son's death on a Roman cross, that we may have a life with you that does not stop. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. Father God, we thank you for your good gifts. We pray for good gifts for those around us. We pray for your good gifts to this neighborhood of Pentagon City. We thank you for the good material things here like restaurants and Whole Foods and jobs and apartments. We also pray for the less material things that preserve our souls, living in love and faithfulness, justice and compassion, peace and more fruit of your Holy Spirit. In your mercy, bless this neighborhood with those things. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God, we pray for people and communities who cannot give back for things that we give. We pray for people who are marginalized, for the poor, for those experiencing homelessness. We pray for orphans. We stand spiritually in prayer to you alongside those in this area who live with food insecurity, home insecurity, and with limited access to health care. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. We pray for communities that are far from here. We call to your mind, God, people who are suffering from calamities in Morocco, in Libya, in Maui, and from the unrest that continues in Russia and Ukraine. God, remember your promise to your good creation to give mercy, to comfort, to give peace and relief. I lift up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God, creator, restorer, healer, we pray for those in our community who are sick, both physically and mentally. Would you guide us, restore us, heal us? Church, please think about people you know who might need physical or mental health. Ask God to be compassionate and powerful to them. up my eyes to the hills. From where does my help come? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. God,
God, we thank you for your constant presence with us through your Holy Spirit. Thank you for your steadfastness, your faithfulness, and generosity towards us from the moment you created us. God, empower us to live out truth and justice, previewing and waiting for the future you have told us about. Revelations 21 says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. God, we thank you for creating us. Thank you for our home in you. In your name, Father and Son and Holy Spirit, we pray. Amen. together and so let me present the elements and then afterwards we'll uh, recite the Apostles' Creed. Uh, the night that Jesus uh, was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it and he said, this is my body broken for you. Eat this in remembrance of me. In the same way he took the cup and he said, this cup is a new covenant in my blood. I drink from it for the forgiveness of your sins. Um, I'm going to ask us to stand as we read the Apostles' Creed together. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again from the dead. He ascended to heaven and seated at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From there, believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Christian Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and life everlasting. Amen. Yeah, we'll take communion, and maybe as we come up, we can think about just God's abundant grace and love for us. Uh, let's come up with just hearts and minds that are open and wanting to just uh, thank and uh, praise Him. Uh, if you are here with us, and if you're not a believer, follower of Jesus, we kindly ask you to refrain from the table, but if you're here um, following Christ, let's come together in faith and take communion. Go ahead and do that whenever you're ready.
What are the ways you see how good God is in both your individual lives and the lives of the communities that you're in? You just take a moment to pray and worship through that. Just declare God's goodness.
God, uh, it's good being with your people in the midst of your presence, worshiping you. We confess that uh, many of us came into this place maybe with hearts that are anxious or filled with doubt or sadness and sorrow or anger. But God, we leave this place um, having a heart now, a worldview that, that helps us to be thankful for all the gifts that you've given to us, both big things and little things. We recognize that we live and breathe because of you. Uh, and ultimately, you desire to lavish your love upon us. And you've shown that to us through the cross by sending your son. And so we leave this place with people who are filled with hope and faith and love. We want to go and display your goodness, your abundant goodness to those around us. So empower us as we go forth as your people, declaring your goodness. Now may the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the amazing love of our Heavenly Father and the intimate fellowship of the Holy Spirit be upon you both now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Thanks everyone for coming today. Have a great week and we'll see you next Sunday.